0: your dreams can be your reality you all time isn't real okay that is fucking crazy spirituality manifestation travel money entrepreneurship welcome to in my non-expert opinion i'm your host chelsea wright hello hello everybody welcome back to the podcast you're getting a solo episode today and i am going to be reading my january spill my guts newsletter. If you're new around here and you're like what the hell is she talking about? About 3 months ago, i started writing newsletters that were actually not meant to be newsletters. They were just supposed to meant they were meant to be more of like brain dumping and i was going to figure out what to do with them later, but i just had this pull to share it because i knew someone else had to be feeling the same way. I don't know about you all, but I feel like the last year or so, especially with the pandemic still going on and things like are still so uncertain, I have just felt this deep calling to stop trying to turn everything into an inspirational life lesson. And as someone who started out their whole solo career as making everything an inspirational life lesson as a mindset coach, it's just exhausting. We're in the middle of a pandemic. In the last six months, I have gone through so much, a move, moving back in with my parents unexpectedly, a breakup, changing where I lived, losing so much money in the process of doing all this. And I wouldn't even say losing because I don't like using that terminology, but just money that I would have rather used elsewhere, not going to what I wanted it to really be going to, and just so many other factors that I'm like, this doesn't need to be turned into a life lesson. And I know you guys are feeling the same way because I read your DMs, I read your emails, I listen to your stories, and I find that through line that I'm like, okay, we're all kind of like, the jig is up. You know what I mean? We don't need to like turn everything into a pretty packaged bow all the time. I want you to really visualize yourself being someone who has a podcast and email newsletter and Instagram and any other platform you can think of Trying to turn everything into a life lesson every single day is exhausting. And the first six months, I would say, in my career, and I'm talking about me going solo as an entrepreneur, that was fine because I genuinely loved talking about that because I had been through so much in my life. But at this point, it's not like I've thrown in the towel and given up and don't know what to talk about anymore. It's just that I'm craving a little bit more transparency and context And I always say this, but I genuinely think if there were more people speaking about their true behind the scenes, not like behind the scenes, but here's how I fixed it, or behind the scenes, and this is what I'm planning to do to make it all perfect and ready. No, no, no. I'm talking about just like straight up, this sucks, and this is what I'm going through. I think there wouldn't be so much comparison in imposter syndrome, because that's where we all get it from, right? We get imposter syndrome because we see other people that we think are quote unquote doing better than us but we don't know the whole story of their lives. And we don't ask, we don't investigate, because why would we? That's not really you know, common, it's common behavior to be like, hey, I know you just shared an amazing win, but tell me about your struggles. And I wanna be clear here that I don't think you have to struggle to be successful or to be joyous or to be happy. But what I'm talking about is the slew of Instagram posts that are just not being truthful, and people not really opening up. And here's the thing, that is totally okay. I am not shitting on anybody that does that. No one said when you get on Instagram, you have to share your whole life. But for me, I've been on Instagram for what, like years and years and years now, I want to say what, 10 years. And it's like, I've seen enough highlight reels. I've seen enough people going on vacation. I've seen enough XYZ that it's like, I'm just a little disillusioned by it all. And I want to know the real shit that's going on in people's lives. So if I was feeling that way, then I was like, well, then Chelsea, you need to do that too. You can't crave that, but then not be doing that yourself. So I started writing and I just started jotting down what I was really going through. And again, it never meant to be a newsletter. It just ended up, I think that's the way that it came to be delivered And to be honest, I think it's because my newsletter feels like a more safe space because people opt into reading it versus Instagram where I'm public and, you know, you could just search my name right now and start looking at my content. It doesn't feel the same. And I don't know why Instagram to me just didn't feel like the platform to share. So I started sharing these every month to my email list and the responses I got were incredible. People were like, thank you so much for sharing this. I resonate so much. I, I just read this and I've never f- like felt so connected to something. And I'm like, you know why? I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm not sharing anything out of the blue or that you guys haven't gone through either. I think I'm just showing my very human side. And that's why I don't get scared to share them. Because there was a second when I hit my very first send on one where I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, do you really want to be sending out all this stuff about yourself and what you're going through when you have a business and part of it is mindset coaching and people are looking to you to really help them through their mindset struggles? And I was like, that's a lot of pressure to put on me and anybody who's a mindset coach or any coach or any mentor or anybody that's in your life helping you to think that they're never going through something, that they're never struggling, that they're never facing a hardship. It's it's actually like impossible even the happiest person you can think of in your life right now, I'm sure at some point, especially in the last two years, has faced some type of adversity. And whether they're speaking out about it or not, that that's not what I'm here to like be the you know police of that. But we all have to admit we're going through something. And you know what makes me realize this a lot of the times is the wheel of life. So if you don't know what the wheel of life is, take a break right now, pause this, go Google it. And it's basically this life wheel that shows you different aspects that make up our lives. So, finances, partnerships, business, you know, career, family, health and wellness, hobbies, et cetera. If you think about it, we all are going through different stages in our lives. So, when you're in school, you're not really focused, like, especially in high school, on romance and having a child, you're focused on education and career. And then throughout your 20s, you're very focused on education and career and building financial stability. And then maybe in your late 20s, early 30s, late 30s, this has all shifted a lot, by the way, maybe you're focused on, okay, still building financial stability, but now I'm more interested in finding a home and grounding. So it only makes sense that while you're going through those life stages, you're not going to be as focused on other life stages. Like if I'm focused very heavily on my career and building financial stability, I'm probably not going to be putting so much effort into other areas of my life that I did before like maybe education because I already got my education or maybe family because at that point in my life I'm not ready for a family maybe I want to build financial stability first so the reason I'm bringing this whole thing up is no one is ever a 10 out of 10 on all of those things no one is like 10 out of 10 finances 10 out of 10 family 10 out of 10 health and wellness 10 out of 10 partnership 10 out of 10 hobbies like there's always something because that's human nature. That's why they always say like, be kind to everybody because you don't know what someone's going through. It doesn't matter if you see their Instagram and they're flying around the world, kissing their partner, just got engaged, had a beautiful baby. You never know what someone is going through. And I feel like a great example are some of the people you've seen recently in the news pass away. There have been so many deaths that people are like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. Like, I didn't know they had that disease. I didn't know they were suffering like that. Uh, A good example is like Virgil Abloh. No one knew what he was going through because he chose not to speak about it, which was his personal choice. And that's what I mean, that you would have looked at his life and been like, wow, 10 out of 10 family, 10 out of 10 career, 10 out of 10 relationships. But unfortunately, his health was declining. This happened last year. There were so many celebrities that ended up passing away that a lot of times it's really interesting as North Americans, especially we look at celebrities and we think just because they're a celebrity, they have a perfect life. When in reality, they're often the ones suffering the most. And I just want to remind you, it's almost impossible for everybody to be firing on a 10 out of 10 out of all of those things. So the reason I bring all this up too, is when you start comparing yourself to someone on Instagram, or you listen to their podcasts or read their emails, and you're like, God, they, they really just have it figured out. I want to remind you of this wheel of life and go through it in your head. Be like, do I really know about all 10 of those aspects of their lives? Probably not. Okay, I'm going to take a step back and stop comparing apples to oranges because that's what you're doing. Unless someone is a carbon copy of you, which again is impossible, that they've had your same upbringing, same parents, same zip code, same everything, same blood, same education, same finances, same career. It is literally impossible to compare yourself. A lot of you guys are comparing yourselves to people that have been working at something for like 13 years. And it's crazy to me that some messaging out there somehow made us all think that we're behind for not figuring things out like two months into our business or two months into starting your podcast or two months into writing your book. And this is why I like listening to podcasts where people are honest about it because I'm like, oh, I'm not behind. I'm like just getting started an incredible podcast that's helped me with this is actually how I built this by Guy Raz. So you can go hear all these founders and you hear all the shit that they went through, all the debt, all the relationships that got broken off, all the partnership, like business partners that didn't work out, the crazy shit they had to do to promote their product or service. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm like really in baby phases of my business. I love that one for entrepreneurs. And I also think going to find authors of books that you really like trying to find them on podcasts so you can see how long it really took them to create a novel or a product and you're like wow that that really is a long time to put something together that it was it turned out to be an incredible product but it wasn't in 1 month or 6 months or a year i actually heard that the queen's gambit on netflix took like 20 rewrites, or maybe it was like 20 years, something with 20 in it. I'm like, whatever way you want to spin that 20 rewrites, 20 years, 20 months, that's a long time. It wasn't 20 months. I remember it was way longer than that. And that was an incredible show on Netflix. And if you're trying to compare that to whatever you're seeing on Instagram, like everybody's all of a sudden a millionaire after three months in business, it's it's silly. It's like, why are you guys rushing things that you don't need to be rushing? Good things take time. You don't go into a garden and plant a seed and then fire hose it and expect it to be a beautiful sunflower the next day. That would be crazy. You understand. There's literally an understanding when I plant this, this is actually going to take time and it might not even grow to be fully sturdy because I have to take care of it throughout this whole process. I have to water it. I have to nurture it. I have to make sure it has sunlight And now there's that whole study of like actually speaking nicely to your plants. That affects it. So I want you to think of whatever you're working on right now, even if it's not a business, even if it's a fun, creative project, if it's a personal goal, if it's a health goal, just remember you're planting seeds and you have to grow them and take time. So anyways, wow, I feel like I just went on a motivational speaker kick. This is all to say that this spill my guts newsletter was something that i felt like i really needed to share to not only feel more connected to you all but to just get it off my chest there's something really therapeutic about writing i think that's why you know people love journaling and love writing in general and so today what i want to do is actually read my newsletter out loud and i'm going to stop along a few of the paragraphs and add more context to it so if you're on my email list and you're like wait i already read this don't worry, you can totally skip this podcast if you want to. But I would actually encourage you to stay tuned. Because like I said, I'm going to be adding more context and details to some of the things that I wrote. This episode is sponsored by open open is an incredible app that combines ancient philosophy with modern wisdom, and is the best app that I have found in the last six months to help me regulate my nervous system. One of my favorite meditations on there is a nighttime meditation. It's actually a sleep meditation by Minaj, who is on last week's podcast. So go pause and check that one out if you haven't already. Unwinding Road is a 20-minute meditation that completely drifts me off to sleep. And I am the lightest sleeper in the world. It's actually one of the reasons I downloaded open. I was having such a hard time sleeping, especially after my breakup, shout out to anybody who's going through a breakup. I know they can be the worst. And I feel like nighttime is the hardest because that's when you get reminded of things the most. And you really start feeling your feelings. This app completely helped me through that. I started sleeping better. And when I would wake up in the morning and have any anxious thoughts or any anxious feelings in my body, I would actually go to the app and start searching keywords to help me things like anxiety or grief or anger. And fortunately, all these different practices popped up. Breath work, movement, meditation, they have it all in there. They also have practices with music and without, so you can choose that for yourself. And they have different instructors, so you can try different instructors out, see which one works for you, favorite them, and you can practice with friends, which I think is really cool. So if you want to invite your friends and do classes together, I would highly encourage that because it's always more fun doing something with a friend but I would really encourage you to try the free 30-day trial so you can see why I'm so obsessed with it. I am someone that has tried a million apps before. I've tried all of them. I'm not kidding. I've been in the mindfulness and wellness space for years now, and this is one app that I've used every single day since I've gotten it. I actually have done their January challenge And I'm gonna complete it. This is the first challenge ever in my life that I've completed, and I'm in shock, and it's because of how easy the app is to use and how incredible the practices are. If you wanna take advantage of this, head to the link in my show notes and try it for 30 days for free. All right, so let's dive into the newsletter. It starts like this For starters, I'm not loving being home, and I feel like a bad person saying that, but it's the truth. I've cried several times. Several times since being back, including right before our Euro trip in December, and keep wanting to impulsively book a ticket to Spain or Mexico or just flee the country. Why haven't I? Well, COVID is throwing a wrench in a lot of plans, and I don't want to get stuck in a country abroad and not be able to get home if things were to get dire. And to be honest, I need to save more money. I don't want to be scrambling and traveling. I want a nice safety net. But full honesty, I just started really learning how to save this year, and it's something I still struggle with. Baby steps. The reason I don't love being home is it's just not conducive for what I want to accomplish, do, and see in my life. I get really motivated by being around people who are also in my industry or also have wild ass imaginations and dreams and take major risks. Where I live is where many family Where I live is where many people come to retire or settle down and have families. It's a simple beach town. Again, I feel like an asshole saying this. And I'm not shitting on people who choose to live here. It's just not my cup of tea. So I'm going to pause there and add some context. If you're a first time listener or you read this newsletter and you're like, I don't understand anything that she's talking about. I was living abroad for two years before I moved back home. I was living in Australia and then I met my ex there and we moved to Germany where he was from and I lived there for a year. And then when we broke up, I left and I started traveling for a little bit. And eventually, I needed to come home, and I wanted to come home. I really needed support from my family and friends. I needed to regroup financially, physically, emotionally, mentally, everything. I just needed a break. So when I say I'm not loving being home, it's because I moved back home not really in the way that I wanted to, and it, was, it wasn't an unexpected breakup. It was just more so you don't plan for things to change that quickly. You know, when you go through a breakup, it's just one conversation and it's over. So this life that I had built and lived for a year with someone in an apartment and routines and lifestyle and everything, everything that was my life changed within one conversation. So all of a sudden, here I am like, okay, what are my next steps? Let me travel for a bit, just kind of clear my head. Let me at least explore while I'm over in Europe. And then it was like, okay, reality setting in, I really need to be around people that I know best and that love me most, which is back home. So I'm now home in Satellite Beach, and it's a tiny, tiny beach town, small town, literally go Google it on a map. It's like two miles by two miles. And if you go look it up and Google, it, you're going to be like, what is she talking about? It's so pretty. It's a beach town. And this is why I feel like an asshole saying it. It's not a bad place to live. It's just not a great place if you're about to be 31, which is my birthday next week, by the way, February 1st. If you're about to be 31 and you're starting a business and you are really just motivated by being around other people that are entrepreneurs, this is not the spot to be. This is not a freelance hub. This is not an entrepreneurial hub. This is not where you would come to do that type of thing. This is, again, where a lot of people come to retire or start families because there's no crime. It's a really easy, breezy place to live, very chill. And again, maybe I would start a family here, but not in the phase of my life I am right now. And a perfect example of like, what would be a great place is somewhere like Bali. I remember when I was in Canggu, I knew nothing about Bali, by the way, when I went, I was in shock when I went out to a cafe and I'm like, oh my God, everyone has a laptop and everyone is working for themselves. They're working on a book, a course, a video, a partnership, and you can just hear it in the chatter. I remember I just bumped into a girl one day and she was working on a swimwear line. And then the girl next to me was launching a course and the other girl was about to like start a whole new project. And I'm like, okay, these are the people I need to be around. And then the lifestyle as well. It's by the beach. It's very healing. So then after people are done working, they go surf, they go out for a drink by the beach. They're going to do yoga. They're meditating. And I'm like, okay, these are my people. So you're probably like, then why the hell are you not in Bali? Well, Bali doesn't really have the infrastructure that I would want for COVID. So when COVID hit, they weren't really ready for it. And as we've seen with this variant continuing to just variant, very, very, I verify what would be the verb of that (laughs) to just mutate? That would be the word. It's it doesn't make sense for me to go over there. I don't want to get stuck there. I don't want to be sick and not like not have the again, proper infrastructure to be able to handle that. And at this point in time, I'm like, it just doesn't make sense when I could be at home safe in my parents' house. Like, there's no rush. So, that's what I mean by like, what conducive environment am I talking about? Somewhere like that, where I could go to a cafe and instantly just be inspired by people doing the same thing. Now, the other part with money, if you've been tuning in for a while, you know that last year I dedicated a lot of the year to learning about money and managing my money. So, I remember turning 30. And it really was a wake-up call. I was like, you're not a kid anymore. Like, grow up and figure out your finances. Stop pretending like you don't know how to invest and you don't know how to budget and you don't know when your bills come out and you don't, oh oh my God, I don't know why I didn't return this thing and now I have a fee and what is this interest statement and da-da-da. I was like, that's like childish. You can't do that anymore. And so I dedicated all last year to getting my financial shit together. And I'm very proud of myself For how many steps I took when I look back at where I was before that, where I'm not kidding. I didn't know when any bills came out. I would kind of just check my bank account and hope I didn't overdraft. I had zero savings. And now this year, I've built up a tax savings with all cash. So I won't have to pay my taxes and credit card or a payment plan. I've built a separate savings account. I don't put any of my business expenses on a credit card. I mean, I've come quite a long way. But that being said, I'm still learning. I'm still learning to save. I'm a very impulsive spender. I'm like Ariana Grande. I see it. I want it. I like it. I got it. Whatever that thing is, I'm like, ooh, shiny object. I want to buy it. Shiny new course. Shiny this, shiny that. And I wouldn't say I'm... This is mostly with like experiences or trips. So I'm like, ooh, yeah, someone invited me on a trip. I'll come immediately. Or yeah, let me go book that flight. And that's what I value. And so I don't feel bad about it. I only feel bad about it when I go to look at my savings account, or when it's time to like, you know, when I want to buy something for myself, that's actually really meaningful, like upgrade my laptop, I'm like, damn, you could have saved and like not spent all that money on going out last weekend. So yeah, I'm still learning. And it's baby steps. It's something that I actively have to work on. But the point is that I'm working on it. So yes, that's that's adding context to that first part of the newsletter. So let me keep reading. I feel very alone in my work. There's a few people I've met here and there, but when I go to cafes to work, there's no one my age or doing what I'm doing. And the people who are my age are all at very different life stages married, homeowners, parents. These are things I eventually want, but years from now, I'm still very much in my nomad, see and do as much as possible phase. I love trying amazing new restaurants and dining experiences, cool bars, fun rooftops, entertainment venues, gorgeous nature, and there's only so much of that in my tiny beach town. And oh yeah, I live with my parents and my dad works from home too. Up until three weeks ago, my other sister was home as well and it was a bit of a circus. As you can imagine, privacy is non-existent. My mom found my vibrator the other day and goes, oh, new podcast microphone with a wink laughing my ass off. And my dynamic has drastically changed from just six months ago, from living with a significant other in a foreign country to now feeling 16 again at home. All right, so I'm going to pause there and add context. By the way, I'm a bit sick and congested, so if you're like why does her voice sound different? It's because it actually is different this week and yeah, I just wanted to note that. But yeah, I think I explained the top part of like why I feel very alone and here's the thing, I'm very resourceful. That's actually something I love about myself. When I feel like I'm like can't find something or I'm like missing something, I will go out and find it. So when I was back home and I'm like I don't feel like there's a community of entrepreneurs here. I was actively looking up like co-working spaces. I was going to cafes at different times of the day, different days of the week, seeing if there were other people there. I started to ask on my Instagram stories like, Hey, anybody that freelances, where do you work? Uh, you know, what are some resources you have? Da, da, da And yes, I found a few people, but again, it's not the same as it's very different going to hang out with one or two people that are kind of in the same industry doing a, doing what you're doing maybe one time a week to being around that every day 24-7 when, again, you live in somewhere like Bali. I, again, I'm using Bali as the reference because that's one place I've been where I know for a fact, especially in Canggu, there's an entrepreneurial community. So it's just so different. And then regarding living with my parents, thank God I have a great relationship with my parents. But you have to admit, being th- almost 31 and working for yourself... It's just a different dynamic. I also lived alone for most of my 20s and now shifting to being back home, literally in the childhood house that I grew up in. This is where I, I'm not kidding. I went to like elementary school and middle school in this house. It's just different. And my sister's an adult now, and our dynamic is different. And my mom works now, and that's different. She didn't work when I was growing up here. And my dad works from home. That's a different dynamic. He didn't work from home when I was younger. So we're all adjusting to these new identities of each other. And it's very weird because it's like, we're all stuck in thinking we're like younger than we are. Like I'm not used to, again, seeing my dad work from home every day or my sister be off to work full time. And my mom's working on the weekends. I'm like, this is so weird. And same with me. They're not used to me being home and working for myself. So we're all trying to figure this dynamic out of like, Hey, I'm on a call and Hey, who's cooking dinner. And I'm not going to be home at that time. Can you pick up dinner? And didn't I do the dishes last night? Are you doing the dishes? It's it's chaotic. And again, I want to remind you guys, not only was I in a relationship six months ago, living in a different country, we were in a lockdown for most of that time. So I was literally, I almost felt like a housewife for nine months out of the year. Um, and I say nine months because I ended up coming home for three months to reset my visa. But yeah, I was like a housewife. I would wake up, do my work, then we'd make lunch, do more work, make dinner, go to bed, rinse and repeat for, I'm not kidding, months in a row. So my habits got used to that lifestyle. My mindset, everything I did, the way I cooked, the way I spent my evenings, my morning rituals, everything that was ingrained in how I was living over there. So all of a sudden to come home and I'm like, whoa, am I Um, what's happening? You know, like, am I supposed to cook for everybody? Um, Am I just supposed to cook for myself? Should I do groceries for everybody or just me? Like, uh, do you guys like do you guys want to eat what I want to eat? Should we all go out together this weekend? But like, I want to go out and see my friends and get drunk. Like, it is just weird. And I'm still adjusting. I've been home for three or four months. And I was only supposed to be here for about three months, I was gonna leave actually to Spain right after our Euro trip in December. But again, this coronavirus thing, I would rather just not, I would rather save money and stay healthy at home. (laughs) Even though I've been sick multiple times since I've been home than I was when I was abroad. That's another story. But uh, yeah, I'm just like, it doesn't make sense to go abroad right now. So I know people listening are gonna be like, why don't you just get up and leave then just move if it's so bad. I want to remind you guys that (laughs) we're in a pandemic. Um, B, I'm still a first, and I would say, okay, a a little bit over a year in business. I started my business in May of 2020. So I guess May 2022 would be two years. It doesn't feel like that though. So I'm still finding my footing and I'm okay to admit that like, yes, I have enough to cover my business expenses and I can treat myself here and there, but here's where I want to be super transparent. I think a lot of my audience thinks I make way more money than I make. Cause I remember I didn't ask me anything once where I'm like, um, or no, it was one of those things where it's like, what's an assumption you have about me? And I'll tell you if it's true or false. And someone's like, you're one of these elusive coaches that just makes like mad money. And, you know, like kind of vague something else. I was like, oh, well, that's like really interesting because I don't think I'm elusive at all, but it actually helped me open up my eyes. I'm like, oh, that's actually good feedback for me. I wonder if I'm being elusive in other areas. And so I'm like, oh, I think people think I make way more money than I make because you see me traveling. But I want to remind you, A, there are credit cards. I used to travel and put a lot of things on credit cards. B, I travel pretty cheaply. I was staying in hostels and shared hostels with bunk beds. I would make my breakfast in the hostels. I would find like deals in the hostel or around the around the area. I would cook a lot. I would, you know, I would walk everywhere, so zero transportation costs. And so I think people get confused when they see me traveling in Europe; they think I'm like a millionaire. I'm like, y'all, I, I make just as much as I made in corporate America and like my fir- maybe second or third year. Um, I'm not a six figure business owner. I think I should be really clear about that. I didn't make six figures in my first year, and I would love to make that in my second year, like coming into my second year. But I didn't make six figures, so. I just want to be clear about that, too. When people like, oh, just get up and leave. I'm like, I'm trying to get my finances back together. Let me remind you, too, when you're in a relationship, you split everything. So I was splitting groceries, splitting rent, splitting all the bills. We split everything. And now I'm not splitting things anymore. So fortunately, again, I have an amazing relationship with my family and my parents. They were like, yeah, just come back home and chill out for a little bit, reset and just get back out there. And now that I'm home, I'm like damn, it's kind of nice not having to pay certain bills. And I I like the feeling of not like scrambling to pay rent every month like I did when I was, you know, very uh, in the early stages of my business starting out. So it's something that going back to saving, it's like, yeah, I'm learning to save so that when I'm finally ready to go and, you know, hopefully there's an all clear signal in the next six to 12 months that I'm like, okay, cool. I have my savings account ready to go. So yeah, just wanted to answer the um, you know, question that I can already hear brewing in some of your minds, like well, just get up and leave. Um, but that's why I'm planning a lot of domestic travel too. So I'm going to visit my sister in February. There's a bachelorette party I'm going to in March in Cabo. In April, I'm trying to do like a California trip. So there's a lot of domestic travel coming up, which I'm excited about. Okay, let's keep this going. Back to the newsletter. I'm trying to use all my mindset tricks, changing my environment, like, I try to work at different cafes or by my pool or eat outside, and sometimes it helps, sometimes it's meh. gratitude list. This does help in the moment. Exercise. I do enjoy this more because I go to a yoga studio and I always feel great after. New hobbies. Chair dance class, which I actually do love, and dressing up. I like this, but it almost feels awkward when people rock board shorts and flops everywhere. Everything seems like temporary fixes. I know deep down I need to move, and this is just a detour, but it's been a lot harder to navigate than I thought. Fortunately, I visited Orlando a few times this past month, which has helped immensely. Seeing friends my age, going out on the town, meeting new people, kayaking, hitting dive bars, catching up, it's definitely something I've been needing. I don't talk about this much because I didn't really process it until later. But I definitely think I experienced mild depression in Germany. The lockdown, the language barrier, the lack of community and friends, the weather, the stress of running a business, not having a fixed monthly income, the time zone differences making it hard to communicate with friends and family back home, no traveling, no restaurants, no bars, nothing open. It was really fucking hard. And oh, yeah, just navigating a new partnership after being single for several years with an eight year age gap. I'm older was a whole other deck of cards to sort out. I am such an emotional, sensitive, romantic person. My partnership was always on my mind, but so was all the other shit I just mentioned above. I felt constantly in survival mode, and I've gotten pretty used to operating at that level, especially traveling during a pandemic. I'm trying to break out of it. Therapy and changing my schedule have therapy and changing up my schedule to have more space to nurture myself is helping. By the way, I notice I fucking cannot stand half of what's on my Instagram right now and I need to retrain my algorithm ASAP. It's just a lot of vague, fluffy advice and things that sound nice, but no context and I'm over it. So what I mean by nurture myself is do things like nap, read interesting articles. I'm reading a lot of author interviews these days, cook, walk, do yoga, do yoga or dance. I'm going to pause there. So let's scroll back up. So the mindset tricks I talked about, these are things that actually work. Changing my environment helps. I know when I go to a cafe, I do feel different. When I eat outside, I feel different. When I lay by my pool, I feel different. Gratitude list always helps because it gets me out of my head and onto paper and like in the present moment. Exercise always helps. Moving energy around. The new hobbies, that makes me, like I love doing that because I feel like I can meet people and it forces me to get out of my comfort zone and just get out of the house And then dressing up. We all know we feel better when we dress up. So also when I say mindset tricks, sometimes they're tricks because you're like trying to trick yourself out of a bad mood and genuinely they do work. So these aren't things that I'm like, oh, don't try them. They're actually great for someone who's, again, coming out of what I think was a depression. Sometimes that's not enough. And that's where I feel like therapy came in. And I knew even on days when I didn't want to go to therapy, I really needed to because there was just deeper stuff I needed to work through. And I want to be clear here. I think it is clear if you follow my Instagram or listen to this podcast, going to therapy after a breakup does not mean that you're still hung up on your ex. My ex and I had a very mutual breakup and it was something that literally a week after we broke up, it was very clear in my mind yeah, we're not going to get back together. This just wasn't a match. We, you know, the this relationship ran its course. Even if I called him right now or he called me right now, we're like, "Wait, let's just work it out." It's that's not where we're at. Like I, that wouldn't even be an option. So when I'm going to therapy, it's not to like oh my God, I miss him. What should I do? I can't stop thinking about him. It's more of like navigating my life right now. Like I'm telling you, I'm not used to this dynamic back home. I'm not used to dating again. And I'm trying to, you know, work through some grief that's still living in my body. There's so much like as mutual as the breakup was, there's still stuff that, you know, got triggered during the relationship that I want to explore. Like, why did I get triggered during that one argument? Or why did I say that? this one night. Like I didn't mean that. And those are things I want to explore in therapy. So I guess I just want to make that clear because I think, you know, people hear therapy and breakup and they're like, oh wow, she still misses her ex. She's still struggling. No, there's just like basic life stuff that I'm trying to move through just like everybody else. Going back to my earlier point of like, we're always all going through something, either it's work or finances or body image or family or love, whatever the case is, we're always going through something, which is why I'm such a big fan of therapy. So going down this list, talking about the depression, I don't think I need to harp on this, not because I'm scared of opening up, but because I think it's pretty obvious why I would be in a mild depression. Not only did it feel like all the cards were stacked against me, it wasn't my environment to thrive. If you think about what I just told you about my town right now, I want you to basically take that concept and now add all those other filters I just gave you. A language barrier, a lockdown, no friends, no family, shitty weather, cold weather, living with roommates and age gap, uh, everything you can think of. Like Europe is not known for conveniences. No one in the town spoke English. It's like... I can think of 10 more other things that I was constantly battling every day. But when that's your every day, it doesn't seem like a battle. You're kind of just like, this is my life. And when you're with someone you love, you're like, well, I love this person. Why would I, you know, why would I give this up? Now, of course, looking back, that was one of the biggest reasons for the breakup. Like, I wasn't happy there. And so it just didn't hit me until later after we broke up that it might be a depression because this wasn't a... I wasn't in a state of mind where I was like waking up crying or unmotivated like to do work and, you know, canceling meetings and, um, I don't know, doing, I, I was about to say not socializing, but I was like, actually, yeah, I wasn't socializing. And that's why I know I was going through something because I would start to sleep in a lot and then, um, go to bed kind of earlier or my sleep schedule was just really messed up. And I noticed it's because I was like, this sounds sad, but it's true. Like I was trying to avoid human interaction as much as possible because I felt so uncomfortable where I was. And I know you're probably like, I've never heard this from you, Chelsea. And that's why I'm opening up about this now. Cause I'm finally ready to, I wasn't ready to open up about this earlier. Like I hadn't processed it. I mean, even now I can feel myself getting a little emotional, but I remember every day being like, I don't understand this language. I want to remind you guys, I took a language course, a private tutor. I had a private tutor where we met twice a week. I lived with German people in a German town in Germany, dating a German. So it wasn't for a lack of trying. Could I have worked harder? Yes. Could I have done more homework? Yes. Could I have worked on it an hour a day? Of course. But it's a hard language. And To wake up every day and not be able to communicate with anybody fluently except your partner for, I want to remind you, months and months on end. It's not like we were going out and meeting people in Hamburger, Berlin. We lived in a very small town. It was fucking hard. I have a weekly podcast. I coach people all the time. I'm on Zoom calls all the time. And that was like my only form of being able to talk to someone in English. And if you're from another country and you speak a second language oh my God, like I have so much respect for people who don't speak a native language that move somewhere else because you have to try so hard to not only learn the basics, but then integrate yourself and have, be able to speak conversationally is a whole different ballgame. So, you know, if someone said, if I could learn the basics, it's like, oh, can I have a glass of water? I'm cold. Let's go to the beach. Like, that's the stuff I was learning. I can't converse, I can't join a conversation. So even when we would go to meet his friends or our roommates or whoever it was, there were a few roommates who spoke a little bit of English, thank God, but not all of them were completely fluent. And of course, we're in Germany. Why would they all of a sudden switch to English for me all day, every day? And that's something my partner did because obviously we were in a relationship, but I had to depend on him so much that it became i could tell exhausting probably for him and i didn't like it either i didn't want to be like a baby i'm so independent that i hated having to count on him for like hey can you call this person and translate can you help me at the post office can you come with me to return this clothing item i hated that and i tried to be as resourceful as possible and use you know um translation apps and google translate and you know figure out what i was saying before i went but they would always speak back to me and I didn't know what they were saying. And then it would be a whole hoopla. And this happened so many times, so many times that it gave me a little bit of anxiety to go out because I was like, I know that they're not going to understand me and we're not going to get this resolved. So this is all to say, I'm clearly going to have to do like a whole separate podcast about this, but I just was constantly like, reminding myself like we're in a lockdown things are getting better things are going to get better things are going to get better like there's going to be summer there's going to be sun we're going to start traveling more i'm going to meet more people because more things will open up i'm going to make more of an effort to see my you know few friends that i have here in hamburg and berlin i'm going to make an effort to see my friends in other countries i'm going to travel like that's what was my guiding light the whole time i was there and i am a very optimistic person And again, it was the whole world was dealing with a pandemic. So it was like, what am I going to do? Go back home and, you know, live with my parents, which ironically, that's what happened. But you know what I mean? It's like the options that I was weighing weren't that great either. It's like, why would I do that when I'm with someone I love? And I had this idea that things would get better. So yeah, it was just it was a shitty time, not because of the relationship, but because of all the different circumstances. And yeah, I wanted to open up a little bit about that because I don't think I've talked about that much. Okay, so anyways, I think we need to get back to the newsletter. Let's see. So I said I'd love to journal more, meditate more, etc., but I've gotten so used to just being in "quote unquote" "quote unquote" response mode all day that turning on receive mode is really hard receiving guidance from a meditation, receiving help from a mentor, a community, receiving insights from my own self. It just feels like I'm journaling or it feels like journaling or anything is a waste of time because my brain is like, go work so you can make money and not feel like this anymore because I'm equating more money with more time to myself, but that's false. This could work if you have your business schedule set up in a certain way, but mine isn't. I have an error in how my structure is set up right now and something I'm actively working to fix, but it takes time. In short, I need to work on building monthly recurring revenue and more passive streams of income so that the way I generate income isn't solely dependent on me being live on calls all day. I'm also just saying yes to way too many things. I do not like being stacked with meetings and my schedule is like that right now. So I definitely need to turn some things down and reprioritize alone time for creating, thinking, planning. So yeah, I don't think there's much to explain with this section. I think it's very clear the, the summary of this is that I've been very much breaking my own boundaries of like times that I work how many meetings I have in a day what I take on because the last few weeks have been absolutely insane and I think that's partially why I'm sick I will explain why I also think I'm sick in the next section coming up but I have been completely overbooking myself live on zoom all day like back to back to back which I absolutely hate Because no one is meant to look at a computer screen for hours on end, like literally nobody. And yeah, but again, because of the way my old job was, where it literally was, however many meetings you have booked, equals your potential sales and more sales equals more money. So that's the way my brain is thinking, but that's not how my business is set up. I'm not a software sales company, which was my last job. So it doesn't make sense that I'm like treating my business model as if I'm a software sales company with 500 employees. I'm literally my own employee and I'm not that business model. So that's why I said I'm working on monthly recurring revenue with something like subscriptions or payment plans and passive streams of income, which just means I don't need to be active. So yeah, I think this section is pretty clear back to the newsletter. So anyways, back to wanting to travel. I want to see so much, but it doesn't feel like a good time to plan any massive trips. I did that last August, a full Euro trip, but it wasn't the same. It's not fun to go to clubs when you can't dance and there's a curfew. It's not the same dining experience when every other table is empty or there are glass separators ruining the essence of dining out. It's also a crazy adjustment to so many rules when Florida has just about zero. It's just not the same. I also just can't stand talking about it anymore, and I know that may sound ignorant, but this newsletter is about honesty. The vax and mask debates, the cases, the offices closing, the schools closing, the travel canceled. It's depressing. I don't know that there's even a solution to my annoyance. We don't even talk about it that much in Florida. Maybe it's just the news consumption that I need to reduce. So yeah, that's why I want to save some more money and travel when things are more settled and less strict. And who knows when that'll be? I thought we were close, but Omicron had other plans, huh? Like I said, Florida is open and doing whatever they want. I've been going out way more on the weekends, and it's clear why I'm not saving a lot of money. It's all going to White Claws, high noons, and food. To be honest, I've been going pretty ham on the weekends. I think it's because during the week, I am so bored and ready to socialize that when the weekend hits, I act like I work on Wall Street and need to let loose. I've been drinking way too much, and it puts me out of commission the entire next day. I've spent several Sundays fully sleeping and eating grocery store bagels. Not a vibe. I'm testing out some booze-free cocktails soon. Stay tuned. I just get excited to be out again because it was something missing for so long. The language barrier in Germany was tough even when people knew English. I'd sometimes get included in conversations, but majority of my life there was my ex saying they're talking about X, Y, Z, and me just awkwardly nodding or smiling and adding one to two sentences to the conversation before they carried on. I want you to imagine me, someone who loves to talk on a weekly podcast, coach people, and used to specialize in hosting and reporting, going out and barely speaking to people, and my ex being really the only person in my life able to fully understand and speak back to me. It was not fun. It made me sad. So yeah, now when I go out and I see old friends or familiar faces and I don't have to wear a mask and there's no social distancing, I feel like a zoo jaguar let out of their cage. I've always been someone who has to nurse a drink while going out. But woo, I've definitely been going overboard. I need to cut back. I know this is starting to sound like the Debbie Downer download, so I'll share some things that have enlightened me lately. All right, so I'm going to pause there, but that's what I was referring to when I said I'll share the other reason why I've been I think I've been getting sick. I have been doing everything you're not supposed to be doing while if you're trying to improve your health. I've been eating like shit on the weekends, then drinking, staying out late, not sleeping properly, um literally anything, not moving, not exercising. This is only on the weekends, but funny enough, the last two weekends I've gone out I have been out of commission the next few days and then this week with that paired to my social schedule, excuse me, my work schedule where everything is just stacked, 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 my body has no time to recover. And I want to remind you, I think this is so obvious, we're not meant to be output machines 24-7. Like if you're, especially you're like me as someone who talks all the time with the podcast, you're coaching people, you're on Zooms all the time and then you're socializing on the weekends. Like it's crazy to think how much energy output I've been doing instead of thinking of, okay, it's time to rest and recover. I haven't allowed myself rest and recovery. And my body is clearly yelling at me to do that, which is why now you hear me stuffed up and kind of sniffling on the podcast because I'm getting sick. So this is a clear sign to relax and cut back on the drinking or do some type of mindfulness when I go out and be like, Hey, we've had two or three dinks. Let's call it a dinks. I meant drinks. Let's call it a day versus trying to get super drunk and then just taking a left turn and going out all night and again having to be miserable the next day. So, yeah, I feel like everything else probably made sense. I don't think I need to add much to that. So, I'm going to continue reading the newsletter. I started reading Atomic Habits and to my surprise, love it. James Clear is a dream guest for the podcast now. I'm surprised I like it because I'm not a massive fan of self-development books written by well-resourced white guys that all the tech bros endorse, but the science behind his teachings and very practical examples and visuals are really helpful. By the way, I've only finished like three chapters, laughing my ass off. I am a slow, unmotivated reader, more of an article slash podcast girl, but those three chapters alone really kick my ass into gear. I started habit tracking my workouts on a whiteboard. My boy James says to make a new habit visible, easy, attractive, and something else I don't remember. I think those are the traits. Like I said, only three chapters in. So having this whiteboard next to my bed and committing to 10 minutes of minimum of working out a day has started to really shape me into someone who exercises daily. I tracked the last five weeks and averaged about five workouts a week. Five! And using the app Open has really helped too. They have so many options. I usually do a quick Pilates class or morning yoga flow. For context, I was doing probably one to two workouts a week all of fall and like nothing in summer. For more context, majority of these workouts were 10 to 20 minutes, mostly 10. It seems silly, but it started to help me embody the identity of someone who consistently works out. James talks about this in the book and actually tracking my exercise the last month helped that concept click into place. Now I don't like missing a day because I love checking off the date on the whiteboard. A visual that really helped the importance of small daily habits crystallize that James discusses in the book is how bamboo grows. Bamboo can barely be seen for the first five years as it builds extensive root systems underground before exploding 90 feet into the air within six weeks. I think that's really fucking cool. And What I tell myself when I don't see a six pack or long lean lines on my legs I remind myself I'm building my extensive roots and will shoot out soon. It takes patience. Honestly, this year is about giving myself more generous timelines. I feel like for the last few years, I had a chip on my shoulder and something to prove with my podcast, my business, my income, and I just hated how I felt constantly in a race. This year, my main question is, what's the rush? I don't need to hit all of my life goals by summer. I can plant seeds now and let nature take its course. Patience is the move. I've also been loving writing and reading and supporting more writers I admire. I signed up for Kat Marnell's Patreon. Her books are the only things I've ever finished in a week or less. She's written How to Murder Your Life as well as Self Tanner for the Soul. And I also signed up for a monthly subscription to Alice Sparkly Cat's newsletter and some other perks. Their take on astrology fascinates me and the writing locks it all in. I pulled up some of her posts to read on the plane back from Europe. I'm also interested in investing in writing courses and mentors and learning even more about the art of storytelling. I've been joining writing accountability groups, following writers on Instagram, reading about authors. It's a newer interest for me and exciting to explore. It makes me feel cool too, honestly. I've always thought writers had a super cool vibe. Intellectual, edgy, really in on the view of humanity. And like, some barely do press, but they're just quietly writing bestseller bangers in the comfort of their quiet countryside homes in Ireland or Wyoming. Jealous. Even though I'd literally never live in the countryside. The seclusion is mostly what I'm jealous of. But I don't have all the context of their lives, which is why I like reading articles about them. Like, how long does it actually take to write a novel? Where did they get the idea? Did they go mad creating it or editing it? What motivated the story? I find it so intriguing. This is something I'd love to focus on in the pod in 2022. Interviewing more writers, therapists, sex workers, sex mentors, relationship experts. I'm not feeling super connected to a few of the topics that had such a heavy focus last year. So switching it up. Okay, well, this was all over the place, but I like writing them. I have zero inspirational advice to give other than make your timelines more generous for yourself. I really think we could all do without putting so much pressure on ourselves to perform at max capacity day in and out. I find that in an effort to help people and inspire people, we sometimes lose sight of doing that for ourselves because we think everything needs to turn into a life lesson to share or else it's not quote unquote good enough or like we aren't contributing to society. This is a belief I'm working on and doing myself. Thank you for reading and reply with your own thoughts. Have you been feeling any of the above? What are you wanting to do more of in 2022? What topics do you want me to cover on the podcast? And have you been enjoying travel or does it feel weird? And that was the end of my newsletter. And I don't think I have to explain much, but there's really an interesting concept that I was reading about that started to show me that I'm not even taking my own advice was performing at the max capacity day in and out is that I'm recording this podcast while kind of sick because I committed to doing a weekly podcast about a year or two ago. And I knew I wanted to put a podcast out this week and I got sick earlier in the week. I mean, I was really sick earlier in the week. Like I was like, I'm not doing a podcast, but today I cleared up and I'm just a little congested, but I'm like, It's just so funny because it's like, why would I do a podcast if I'm congested? Like, podcasts are about audio quality. Why would you want to listen to a congested person? And it makes me think right now out loud as I'm recording this, yeah, maybe I should have waited until tomorrow or Sunday and just posted a later episode or skipped this week and done a replay episode or just said, hey, I'm not doing one this week. But this is what I'm saying. This is really ingrained in me to like not, not falter away from something you've committed to. And it's interesting because I'm not like this with everything. There's a lot of things and I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that this week. That's taking a backseat. We're not doing that. But for some reason, I think, I honestly think speaking of habits, the podcast has just become a habit. It has literally become a habit to post a weekly podcast that it feels weird to take a week off. And to be quite honest, I think it's because earlier this month, I was also sick from traveling when I came back from Europe and I skipped that week. And so I'm like, we can't skip two weeks in a month. And this is a result of me growing up in very hustle culture of America. This is from me not wanting to disappoint listeners. This is from me not wanting to feel guilty for skipping two weeks in one month. There's a lot of reasons why I didn't want to skip this week. And yeah, it's just interesting that as I'm reading it, it's like, well, then take your own advice, Chelsea, you don't need to be performing at max capacity day in and out um, and I don't want you to listen to this and be like, wow, it's so noble. It's so cool. It's so, it's so great that she committed to a weekly podcast, even when she's sick, because that's actually not the message I put out. Like, to be honest, if I hadn't already recorded an hour of this, I probably would have waited and done this at a later time because it's not really setting the greatest example. So I want you to do to rest if you're sick, which I have been resting the last few days. I think that's why I also felt like I wanted to post this because, I have literally taken the last two days completely off, like slept all day, all night, barely looked at my email, rescheduled every single meeting. And I think that's why I'm like, okay, well then just record this podcast. So it's just interesting how we work, huh? We're all a bit hypocritical. We're all a bit not following our own advice. We all have something to learn, but yeah. That was my spill my guts newsletter. So if you want to get these once a month, you can sign up to my email list. Just head to my website, ChelseaRife.com, and you can add your email. You can DM me at Chelsea Rife. And I would love to hear your thoughts. I have been talking at length for an hour. And as you can hear, my voice is just getting more congested and more sniffly because it's now the evening. So I feel like I need to go pop a NyQuil and head to bed so that I can rest because I'm celebrating my birthday this weekend. But for real. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear what your thoughts are, not only on the questions I ask at the end, but this type of content. Is this something you want to hear more of? Would you rather me do more advice podcasts or more interview podcasts? I know I get a lot of feedback on my solo episodes, so that's why I wanted to do one like this, but I've never done it in a format where I've read my newsletter and then paused and added context. So let me know what you think of it. And like I said, get ready for some new content we are switching things up. There are some interesting characters coming on the podcast in February and March. I am talking people you've probably never heard about and people you're going to be like, oh my God, this is a crazy story. A sex and love addict, a sex worker, uh, a former drug addict. And yeah, we're, we're really getting into it in February and March. So buckle up for those podcasts. And as usual, if you found value, please head to Apple podcasts and leave a review and Spotify. You can now leave a rating. So five stars, please. It is my birthday weekend. And if you actually leave a review on Apple podcasts, take a screenshot and send it to me on Instagram at Chelsea or info at Chelsea And I'll pull a winner actually next week to win an open subscription for an entire year. So the app that I am a cold fan of that I can't stop talking about that I've interviewed the co-founder and a co-founding teacher, because that's how obsessed I am with it. Yes, that app, you will win an entire year long subscription. So again, just take a screenshot and then send it to info at ChelseaRife.com or at Chelsea Ripe on Instagram. And you'll be pulled at the end of this month. Actually, like I said, end of next week to see if you won. All right. Well, I need to go lay down and rest. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you all next week.